you got a hundred restaurants that you're planning on opening? Yeah, man. Say that one more time. A hundred restaurants. Yeah, so if you got somebody like, yo, get up. Like, yeah. let's go. Let's get it. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes that's her. I tell people all the time, you know, your gut is God. Your heart is always going to love and your mind is your control. So you can't let those things interfere with each other. It got to go in a course. It's like a machine. And if my gut ain't right, I'm not right. I don't fight against that. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's not a track meet. It's a marathon. Yeah. So you got to run your race. And sometimes in life, it's just not going to be pretty in the beginning. And a lot of these people right now try to bust U-turns and come back. It's too late because I got more than them now. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that's the, and that's the flex. When yeah. somebody was supposed to invest in you and now you worth more than them. Are you chasing to be legendary? Are you chasing to, to be a trendsetter, to change people's mindsets? Or are you chasing to be alive when you did? With Big Dave's is my stepping stone, but my philanthropy work and my community service that I've been doing the whole time I've been here is what's going to keep me here. The food is good, but the story is better. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We find dope people that did dope stuff, man. Today is no different, man. I'm really excited about this one. This interview took forever to happen. Forever, bro. We here now. We here now. We here. And I'm, I'm sort of glad that we didn't have it before because... Every time I see you, you're making an announcement about another move that you made. Um, I'm glad we waited, too, because everything happened for a reason. The yeah. timing got to be right. Me and you have been around each other a million times. Yeah. and We always be like, it's time to, you know, for the interview. But I'm glad we waited to right now because I'm in my season. Yeah. You know, a lot of great things is happening for me right now. All the years, all the hard work that I've been putting in. And now I can, you know, lay the blessings out on, on your podcast. Yeah. So that's the blessing. Oh, no doubt. So we were at, first off, I was really honored you invited me to your house for the cookout. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? For sure, because I look at you, my dog. You know what I'm saying? I, certain people, you know, you connect with, um, yeah. and I'm built off energy. Yeah. Like, if I build with you off energy and we're on the same level, how we think we can sharpen each other, why not want to be around those type of individuals? Yeah. I was I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, we haven't hung out too much. We spend that much time together and I got over there. It was yeah. like all family. I was like, I really feel, I don't take it for granted. I feel honored. Yeah. You really no, invited me. Sure. That's how I am. Like, when people come into my household, I want everybody to feel like family. I'd be like, listen, make yourself at home. Go in the refrigerator. Go do what you want to do. I'm not entertaining you the whole time. so Because, you know, I think, you know, what we got to do a better job at is connecting. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, all of us, we're doing high-level stuff. But if we don't connect in those rooms and share information, how yeah. can we grow together? And that's what I like to do. For sure. And at the, at the cookout, you announced that you just had a, you got to deal with a, a liquor company. Yeah, yeah. So I share a little bit about it now. Um, I ain't really let it all the way out to the media yet. We put a pause on it because, you know, you want to lay everything out yeah. the right way. But I definitely did a spirits deal. Um, you know, all of these situations that I got going on right now, I'd be like, damn, this happening to me. But, yeah, somebody, um, you know, believed in me, wanted me to uh, push a brand that is the D. Hayes brand. And I partner, um, and it's about to be everywhere soon. So they're they're creating... So you're creating your own spirits. It's not like a company that had a liquor and they're like, kind of well, like Diddy. They well, yeah, yeah. well, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, a company um, that's already existing, but we did a, our own partnership gotcha. with my brand. Yeah. Um, are you able to go through some of the details of the deal? Um, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this. Do mm -hmm. they, do you get money up front? I don't want that. 
See, I, I explain that to you. And, and deals, sometimes we always think about the upfront. I care about the back end. I yeah. care about the residual income. I care about ownership. Yeah. You know, we get we, we, we never had anything growing up. So when things get through at us from the front end, yeah. we just want it right now. We'd be looking at the bag, go put it in the bank account and go do whatever we're going to do with yeah. it. Then later on, we'd be like, well, I made this company to a billion dollars. Like, where's my where's my part? You yeah. did your part when they paid you up front. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Yeah, so like, I really pay attention to the big dogs, like how they got there. Like, I got patience. I got something a lot of entrepreneurs don't have. Everybody want to be in that spotlight. Everybody want right now. But you're going to see who lasted in the, in, the, in the end, who did it the right way. Yeah. And I'm doing it the right way. Bro, you just said something that I think deserves a longer conversation around patience yeah we are in a space now where we see everybody screenshot oh i made x amount of dollars i'm doing this and that but like you to to really build something sustainable you gotta have patience not saying wait around for nah it to but come, you but. gotta know the moments but also i tell you what we are top line sales driven mm-hmm. that's all we talk about is top line if you get around the average entrepreneur and you ask them What's their bottom line sales? They don't even want to talk about it or, or don't even know it. <laughs> For sure. They be like, yeah, I did 20 million, but you might have made a dollar out of yeah, that 20 million. 100%. I mean, I congratulate you for making yeah. 20 million in sales, but how much did you profit? Mm-hmm. What's your EBITDA? Yeah. Like, what did you bring in home? You know, and that matters. Like, when you get in the big dog world, they ain't even talking about top line sales. Yeah. They're talking about, you know, your profit margins. And those are the things that I had to get sharper with because. We so top line sales driven, you know, in a culture we in, we want to say how much we made, but no, that's how much you sold. Yeah. That ain't how much you made. Bro, they don't want to have that conversation. No, man. but see, I like to have that conversation because yeah. my company right now, we, t- we top and bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yo, and I, even some people that are listening right now, they're like, yo, there's no way you can make $20 million and make a dollar. There is a way. Oh, there's a way. I can go back. Um. Early on, man, I mean, like, when I first got downtown, my downtown location, when I had location number two, and I, I remember one month, man, I made, like, 600 grand, and I ain't make no money. None. I'm just like, what's going on? But see, the thing is, is, like, when you got a, a cash flow business, when everything is, is fast-paced, if you don't know where your bottom line falls at and where the money starts being made and how many people you need to make that money— you will never know what your, your profit margins are. Yeah. So you got to go hire the experience you need to do that. And that's what I did. Because you got to put people around that's smarter than you to be able to understand some things in your business that you just ain't going to know. For sure. You have how many locations so, right now? So I got four um, in Atlanta that's open right, right now. Then. I got downtown, Doraville, um, Jonesboro Road, uh, just opened up um, Lawrenceville. It's mm. booming. Um, and then I got one on the way in Charlotte, my first out-of-state location. Mm. But the three in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, I'm real proud about because you got so many different cultures that come in and out that stadium all through the week. And we're the highest grossing restaurant in that stadium right now. How do you know that? Um, numbers. <laughs> uh, but does the no, stadium they, No, they let you? us know. No, they let us know. Oh, and, really? Um, I just had something come out uh, a few weeks ago. Um you know, letting us know that we never won in the stadium, but we also know that through the numbers also. Because I know what we're putting out right now in the carts, and we're doing better than a lot of people doing in full-fledged restaurants in the stadium. Mm, so, yo, walk me through this stadium situation. Because I think it's a lot of restaurants, they're like, yo, if I can get in the dome, if I can get in the stadium, whatever it is in their city. I don't, I mean, does every business win in the stadium? No, 
Um, every business don't win in the stadium. And that's the that's the blessing I'm saying from big days because, first of all, they got to want you. Yeah. You know, and then when you get in, the people got to want you. Yeah. Um, and for the people to want you, your food can be good, but you can you get it out fast enough? I mean, you got half time. Yeah. They only got a small window, so they don't have time to wait in line. It's like, really, order, here's your food. Order, here's your food. Yeah. And that helped our concept out because we was able to gear up faster just for the stadium and then go back to the restaurants, the brick and mortars. I was able to take some of those protocols that we use in the stadium and put in the restaurant and orders, mm-hmm. go, orders go out faster. So a lot of the things that we do, we pick a piggyback off each, off of other things in the business and be able to sharpen up in the kitchen. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's the that's the one thing that you got to have is uh, time frame and being in, you got like maybe 65,000 people, 70,000 people mm-hmm. And just say if you get 2% of that traffic, yeah. I mean, your line is going to be ridiculous. So you got to be able to get that out. Um, I worked in the mall. I had a kiosk in the mall. And the mall charges an amount per month. And then if you go over a certain amount of sales, they take a percentage. Does the stadium work that way? Um, well, see, my deal is a little different. I did more of like a partnership. Oh. Um, so, yeah, we still, we still split sales, but... I got a very good deal that I can smile about at night, and I'm sure they can too. So I'm happy about that. But I tell people all the time, you never know what leverage you got until you ask. You know, before Mm. I went in the stadium, now it's bigger brands nationally, you know, by name. But before I went in the stadium, I told them, I'm going to bring a culture in here that's not in here. I'm going to bring something in here that you you guys don't have. Um, So we're going to help each other in this. And sometimes you got to ask for stuff that, Sometimes you you have to really believe in your gut that you want because how am I ever going to know you want something if you don't believe it in yourself? But if I go in there stern and say, listen, I'm coming in here, I'm bringing this. And- it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today told from a unique black perspective from bobby smurda to the wire michelle obama to reparations there's no limit to the range of black stories black truths i listen and i'm enjoying these conversations that are for us by us black representation again it hasn't always been uh shared from our perspective and black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of america's story Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. If I don't back this up, then, then you win. Then you re-angle me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I come in here and do everything that I need to do, then let me spread my wings. And, um, and that's what they've been doing. And I started out with one location and now I got three. I got my second one, I think in the next three weeks, they already seen the line. So it was like, you know, I, I'm having it my way right now in the stadium and I'm having it my way right now with the brand period because um, I went through my roller coaster rides with this brand, yeah. but it taught me my patience. It taught me that every day ain't gonna be a good day, mm -hmm. but long as you got breath in your body, you can make it a better day for the next day coming. And that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I want to know how your it, and it almost seemed like you and your wife started popping up restaurants together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yo, y'all just start. You had your truck, you had yeah. your spot, Pinky had her spot, and y'all just had y'all spot, right? But then it just seemed like y'all started expanding at the same time. Yeah. Is that well? So what we did was, to be honest, we sharpened each other. Yeah. Um, and that's just like if you got a business partner or you got somebody besides you every day, y'all both doing the same thing. There's no time to be lazy. Yeah. So if you got somebody besides you and you chasing one thing and they chasing another thing or they staying stagnant, you're now gonna become dull because you're the only one with the sharp mental every single day trying to get in another level. Well, we both are like that. So three, four in the morning, five in the morning, while, while everybody's sleeping, we up. Right. We, we, we shooting ideas at each other. We seeing how we can sharpen our brands out. A lot of people don't see that. They only see the announcements. Mm -hmm. But, man, some days, man, I got bags big, big as pillows because mm -hmm. I ain't been asleep, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Or I'm chasing some, or just like when today I, I leave and go to New York, and I don't even know my itinerary. You know, when I get there, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. Because I now built my life that way. I'm comfortable with it. And when you're comfortable with something, you can't be around somebody that's going to unsharpen your comfortability because then you ain't creative no more. You're trying to figure out why you just ain't chew. Why you just... Staying stuck. This ain't true. You ever get in that mode where 
you just don't feel like getting up in the morning and you're just trying to figure out like where your drive going to come from? This morning, bro. Now check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine on the other Today. side of you, if you got somebody like, yo, get up. Like, yeah. let's go. Let's get it. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes that's her. Yeah. So that's the blessing with it. But um, I think about this too. Uh, my OG James that own Rap Snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to him from time to time in the mornings. And he told me uh, a couple years back, he said, D, he said, find some people in the morning that you can call. I don't care whether it's three or five minutes just to sharpen your mindset that's chasing something like you. And, man, when I tell you that work, because sometimes we just don't got the key to start our engine. But that person on the other phone is the key. And now you up and ready to go once you talk to that person because you're motivated. Like if I sit there and talk to you and you say, yo, I just got signed by such and such. I'm about to be all over this, all over this network. I'm like, damn, they did that. I got to go ahead. I got to yeah. go harder. But see, that's what we got to do more of. Like a lot of people look at stuff like bragging. We should be proud about what we doing. Yeah. Like we should want to share our compliments with other people. But when you ain't doing nothing, it's bragging because they can't yeah. accept it. 100%. Uh, we're going to take a little commercial break for the morning meetup. <laughs> TheMorningMeetup.com. I'm on a call every single morning with these folks here every morning at 745. It's so important, club. man. It's so important because yes. I don't care how motivated you is. Some days you just ain't going to be there. 100%. 100%. Sure. All right, yeah. So that was my love. Hey, go to TheMorningMeetup.com. <laughs> Join our community, okay? You get to hear from me every single day. All right, so... Um, I, I, I kind of know the story. Grew up in Philly. Yeah. And you started making cheesesteaks in Philly? No. Nah, when we so came down here? I actually started making cheesesteaks down here. So how I really got here um, in Atlanta, I used to go to school in Athens, Georgia. So mm-hmm. back in 2001, I got in trouble in high school when I was in Philly. I went to Overbrook, same school as Will Chamberlain mm-hmm. and um, Will Smith graduated from. And... I used to come down in the summer times because my grandparents moved to Athens in 1996. They used to live in Philly. So every time I'm going in the summer times, my dad not knowing, he keep me out of trouble. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, when I get down there with my grandmother, I'm planting flowers and all mm-hmm. type of stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, you know, you need to transition yourself down there and play basketball and all that. And I love basketball. So I thought that would be a fair shot for me, you know, mm-hmm. coming to the South. But my man, when I tell you it was so different, man, yeah. because I'm looking at deers in the yard. I'm looking at school buses. We <laughs> call cheese in Philly, buses in Philly. You know what I'm saying? So the whole atmosphere is different, but it saved my life, man, because like when I when I when I'm in Philly, you in these it's really like the restaurant or just like we're in this room now in these walls, right? You in this box. You don't know anything else exists. I never went to school with other races. I only went to school my own kind. Um, if you go to class, um, you passing because everybody ain't going to class. Like I really went to school in an era where it really looked like Mr. Clark, um, <laughs> Eastside High School, like yeah, real life. Like you had to really be tough. Yeah. Um, and when I came down here, I just seen nothing but opportunity. I just wanted it so bad. But then obstacles got in my way um, along the way. My aunt, she passed away in 05, the cancer. Mm. And that's when my storm started for me because I lost literally all my family to cancer. Um, one by really? one. Yeah. So my grandmother had three children. Um, my dad was the middle child, but they went out the same way they came. The oldest was my Aunt Teresa. She went out first. Um, then the second was my dad. He went out right after her. And then the youngest was my uncle, my Uncle Dougie. Um, so when I'm when I'm out here and I'm I'm building all these these dreams and chasing all these different obstacles in my life, I'm doing it for my people that ain't here. Yeah. 
I'm doing it to make them proud because like literally I watched my dad take his last breath right in front of my face, like literally. Um, but I got a chance to talk to him before that happened. And, you know, I made him some promises that I was going to better my life. I was going to get out the streets. But what I didn't know is God had an even bigger calling for me than I even thought because I started having, you know, people around the world look at my story, listening to the things I was doing. And I started motivating so many people. So I'm like, I got to be the change that I wish to see. I can't have everybody in the world looking at me as a role model. And I'm still doing stupid stuff or I ain't really practicing my craft. I ain't really learning business. I just, I'm just running it. No, I'm really in business and learning at the same time. And I can sit with the best of them. I don't care if you worth a penny or you worth a billion. I can get to that level of education with you with no education because I did it all for just me staying a course and focusing on my journey along the way and being around people that were smarter than me. Yeah. And, and, and in Philly, we got this thing where um, the pride hit hard. We're very prideful. Um, sometimes you don't know that by you not having is your blessing. Because if right now if you say, D, I'm in trouble, I don't, I don't have anything, but I see a lot of willpower in you, a lot of fight in you, I may help you in a different level that you was able to help yourself. Yeah. So sometimes God put us in situations that we get uncomfortable so that we can get the real blessing. And my uncomfortable blessing was me losing my family, um, me becoming disabled in uh, 2009, having over five back surgeries all the way up to 2014. Being, yeah. Hold on, whoa. So I'm breaking, some, I'm, I'm dropping something on you that I don't really talk about. Yeah. So, 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 so yeah. Nah, so, 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 so what happened to me is um, my dad died in 09. Yeah. I call this my, my wake up year because when my dad died, I literally felt like I lost everything. My best friend is gone. I, I don't have that person I can lean on no more. And then I, I get hurt. Um, I got disabled where I, I fell on um, some ice back in Philly. I had a personal injury. Mm. Um, I can't really get into details of it. But um, I got hurt real bad, and I had five back yes. operations. I'm sorry. I know you can't get into it like that, but were you at work? or you? No, just... no, no. I wasn't at work. I was um, I was at a condo mm. um, in Philly, and uh, I fell, got hurt. Mm. But that injury um, set me down for a long time. Um, I had to really get my mental together. I got not just the pain. I got hooked on opiates um, real bad. Really? Yeah, man. It was a nightmare. Like, I'm I'm not knowing if I'm going to come in because I'm chasing the pain, but also chasing the addiction. So mm. all of these things in the same year that my father, you know, he passed away, I'm now experiencing something new where I can't take care of myself. Um, you know, I'm going through extremely... Um, Difficult times. The pain was at an all-time high. I'm taking these pills, David, just like like somebody would eat candy because you, your body is used to it now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to pain centers a um, couple days a week. I had something in my body called a spinal cord stimulator, right? Mm. And it was a machine that they cut me open and put these cords up my spine. And I used to hit the button, and it would massage my spine to make my body feel better. Well... I started getting a bad reaction off of that, so they had to get it up out of me. So that was my one of my last operations that I had to get. But um, a doctor, man, you know, uh, I, th I think his name was uh, Bruce R. Heppenstall. He gave me um, one of my last operations, and I felt like he saved my life because he gave me a um, a good uh, sense of comf comfortability with the surgery, but also he gave me a good conversation before he did the surgery. 
And now I was able to one day, I didn't go to um, rehab or anything. What was the conversation? The conversation was in order for me to get my life back, I have to change some things. And that was getting off the opiates because I was so addicted to all this medication. Um, and it was things that I did in the surgery that um, that helped me later on. Like if I would have went with a, a, a certain surgery where I got an artificial dish in my back, maybe when I got in my 40s, I would have had to get another surgery. Mm. So he did it another way. Um, and I thank him for that forever because I go through a lot of my last days now with less pain. Yeah. yeah but um, that was just an obstacle again to the journey that I'm living now. I'm able to share this story with people that might be in a painful situation right now where they can't tie their shoes or they can't put their pants on or put their shirt on. And they seeing me right now as a serial entrepreneur, you know, getting up every day, you know, um, walking without a cane, not taking no medications, doing all these things because your mind got to be the sharpest weapon. Yeah. I tell people all the time, you know, your gut is God, your heart is always going to love and your mind is your control. So you can't let those things interfere with each other. It got to go on a course. It's like a machine. And if my gut ain't right, I'm not right. I don't fight against that. Mm, and with, with that feeling. Yeah, that feeling. So the feeling for me getting over this situation, I said I wanted people to understand that it's okay to overcome an addiction to anything because it's no longer your addiction if you beat it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who did you have in that time where you're recovering? Like, I mean, you, you're losing... All your family, you're in the worst physical uh, situation that you've had in your life. Was anyone there? Um, to be honest, my dad was and God, because those are the people. It was like, uh, what's that movie, um, The Sixth Man? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was talking and nobody couldn't see, but I was talking to somebody. Yeah. Because in my darkest times, like even with me building Big Dave's, you know, um, a lot of people told me don't do it because um, I was, it was either too far out the city or I had no business experience. But what do I got to lose? Yeah. Like right now, I got everything to lose now because I built that to lose. But yeah. before, I had nothing to lose. I was just <laughs> a, a black man trying to figure it out. Right. You know what I'm saying? But now, it's like, with me, I love when somebody tell me I can't do something. I love when you doubt me because you're going to look right back at me and say, damn, I had you effed up because mm. I get that extra battery charged in my back. Like, I don't feel like I'm human. Like, there's a lot of things that I understand with, with human, with human um, people that I learned to master. Like, for example, when people tell me somebody says something about me or somebody, you know, they might have said something that didn't sit right with them about me or about something. I'm like, they're human. Yeah. They're emotions. They have emotions. If you watch me right now become a millionaire in front of your face and last year you had more than me, I expect you not to understand it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I expect you, you know, to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, because the culture that we in, but I'm showing people that um, you got to get comfortable and understand the blessing beside you because I might have got a, a blessing that was going to be big for you later on. And sometimes yeah. we block that by, you know, hating on other people or not being able to receive their blessing because everybody blessing ain't for you. Yeah. And everybody blessing ain't for them. 100%. You know what I'm saying? That's just the God. truth. Everybody that get a blessing out here, you might have got, I might, right now, I might got all my blessings for everybody in this room later on to hear me sitting here talking to you. Yeah. That might not even be the principle, the moral to my story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that. So when I say I'm not human, I understand that humans make emotional decisions. I'm out of my emotional stage. Because I know that if I show, if I react off emotion, you're just going to call me weak. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to say I don't understand you. 
But if I take my time to get why you did what you did or understand why you did what you did, then I can kind of cope with you and say, all right, I get it. I see your point of view. Yeah. I understand that. instead of me just being that reactor, like, yo, man, why you do that? You know what I'm yeah. saying? That wasn't the right thing to do. But then I got to understand there's two sides to every story. That's why I tell people, like, you know, you get the big group of people that um, everybody ain't eating. Yeah. Everybody not, might not be eating because everybody ain't putting food on the plate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't bringing something to the table. Only way you're going to eat in this world right now is you bringing something to the table. God, I'm sorry, so. you know, I like to say this, but you got friends right now because you're doing good. Like, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like, if you're doing good, you got friends. If you're doing bad, you got family. Ah, that's a bar. You get what I'm saying? It's a difference. So when people are like, yo, that's your friend, such and such. If he was with me when I ain't had nothing, he my family. Like yeah. my two big guys that sat in that kitchen with me in that 700 square foot gas station helped me get to these millions, mm. that's my family. Yeah. And I tell anybody that they can go in any room with me. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about net worth of an individual. If I had to pick them at the door with the two highest network individuals getting in the room, they come in with me because they was there building with me. That's a fact. All right, I got. I want to get into the story, man, of how you became this mogul, right? And 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 I don't. The only reason I'm saying this is I saw you post it. You got a hundred restaurants that you're planning on opening. Yeah, man. Say that one more time. A hundred restaurants. Yeah. So I be having to think about it in the morning. You know, yeah, walk um, me through that, bro. So we actually. We started and said we're going to do 50. No, I'm sorry, 45, then we was going to do 50. But we started seeing all the attention that was coming to the brand. Um, shout out to CNBC, because there ain't too many people could say they broke news on CNBC yeah, that they franchising. Um, so that was special. But we saw a lot of applications that people were, uh, you know, filling out, trying to get qualified for. Like, right now, we got over 1,600 people trying to get franchises. Really? So right now, you know, I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing relationships. I'm chasing the people that I want to see help build the brand that I have my father's name on, the legacy. Yeah. I'm not doing this because uh, you got a couple million in the bank and I know you could build a Big Dave's because you're going to be a headache for me later on. Yeah. I want people that believe in me, believe in the mission, believe in the brand, want multiple locations, and I want to help other people break their generational curses. It's just not about people that got money. Yeah. It's about opportunity. Like, Big Dave is going to be able to provide, you know, SBA loans to get you approved, to be able to get you a franchise. Like, I want to go and get the small pup that got the big mind decisions. Like, that's the dreamer just like I am. It ain't all about just going to go get the guy with the bag because sometimes guy with the bag going to hurt you. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. All right. So I, I got I to gotta go back, okay? So you get hurt. You're injured. How, what year was this? Um, I got injured in 09. You got injured in 09, and you were down for a few years. Yeah, I was down um, for almost six years. Six years. Yeah, I mean, just imagine this, David. I mean, we sitting here on the couch right now, but imagine you telling me right now, AD, you know, I'm going to Turks, um, me and the guys. I got to watch y'all go talk about this story. I got to watch y'all, you know, reminisce about what y'all did on these vacations. While I'm sitting on the porch, or I'm addicted to opiates that I don't even know what's going on with life. Um, these are all the things that I really had to, to battle. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know I was in, I was beyond deep depression. I mean, I just lost the person that um, I really honored the world to. Yeah. And now I got my life taken to me, taken from me, but I'm still breathing. 
And what were you doing for work around this time while you were hurt? Um, well, I would say before I was, uh, before I got hurt, I worked at the postal service. I was oh, a mail handler inside a distribution center. I, I loved that job. I was good at that job. Um, and then I uh, worked at a, a hospital. I was gotcha. doing housekeeping. Gotcha. I was cleaning hospital rooms. And you know what? I hope, I hope my old boss is going to watch this because let me tell you, at the post office, right, when my dad got sick, I never missed one day, never called out, never was late, anything. I was that employee that if you needed overtime, you could depend on me. Well, my dad got sick, I walked over to him and I said, hey, I need some time off. My dad's sick. I got to see what's going on with him. And he told me, it's the holidays. I can't get you off. Mm. You know what I did? I walked up out of there. I said, listen, I'm going to get another job, but I ain't going to get another dad. Yeah. I got in my Buick Lucerne and I drove to Atlanta by myself, falling asleep, hitting the little, you know, the little Jones on the side of the road. <laughs> like, trying to stay up, all the windows rolled down. Um, and that was a part of that legacy. See, me, I've been on my own for a very long time, since probably 17 years old. Mm. I always was an independent person. But my dad was my dependence. You know, he was that person that, you know, I always can depend on. And I felt like nobody, when he was sick, I felt like he needed somebody beside him. And I never left his side. Every yeah. single day, um, all my dad came on radiation, uh, therapy treatments. I was there um, for, for literally all of them. Yeah. I literally never left his side in the hospital till the day he stopped breathing. Kind of, yo, I want to I wanna know about this, like, uh, this... Kind of you, 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 you've always been by yourself. And I'm curious how that affects you in marriage. What's up, podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know ATL, baby, Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? 
Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use Promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer. Okay. I'll see you at the summit. And don't forget to use promo code big deal. Because it's it was an adjustment for me because I've done everything myself. Now yeah. I've I've had my parents, I lost my dad in 20 uh 2010. And um, just recently lost my mom, but sorry to I, hear that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's. That's why, I, like, I'm I'm hearing you, and I'm like, I can only imagine all of that on top of depression and addiction and pain. Like, yeah. I can only imagine. And then I ain't even get into the other side of it. The other side of it is my grandfather, the person who I felt like was the hardest on me in my whole life, but gave me so many morals and principles I live by now. So while I'm living with him, right, I can't sleep past 7.30 in the morning. Really? What, Saturdays? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I remember my first job. I'm working at, um, damn, I'm working at KFC. Mm. My first job, and I got fired in 20 minutes, right? So I'm trying to hide it from him. I'm like, yo, I got fired in 20 minutes. This has got to be the worst thing ever. So what I did was, so KFC, I don't know if they still got this, but so the chicken comes up. So I go to grab the uh, the pose, but I, I don't put no gloves on. So it's hot. Yeah. So I drop all the chicken on the floor. And an Indian guy was like, what are you doing? So he's like, go home. So he fired me, right? So I get another job. <laughs> I finally tell my grandfather I get fired. I get another job at Ingles. You know the market yeah. Ingles? So I'm working at Ingles, and I'm doing really good. I'm loving the job. I'm stocking. Why every morning my grandfather is just shopping for no reason? <laughs> He's just shopping for no reason. I just see him on his cart. Oh, boy, he want to make sure you still got that you job. You ain't doing that right. <laughs> nah, but so what I had to realize is my grandfather always knew I was the one. Mm -hmm. Like, we may not want to be real with ourselves but you know who the one in your family you know who just got the it like you you know who got the it just around you mm -hmm. and i think with me my grandfather knew i had the it yeah. so um he got sick along the way and while i lost my father while i lost my aunt while i lost my uncle now i'm losing my grandfather yeah. I, I get the gas station location open um for about maybe like two months at the time 
And then my grandfather is really going downhill. So um, the, the doctor said that he had to go to hospice. And, you know, and, and no shade to anybody who put their family in, in, in hospice, anything like that. But for me, I felt like this man been too good to me personally to not be there for him. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to have to pause this business for a second. Really? Yeah. And I'm about to now be going back and forth helping my grandmother out with him. So back, I'm going to rewind. I told you I made my father a promise. Now I'm about to make my grandfather a promise. These are the two men who really raised me. So before my grandfather died, you know, he told me, I'll never forget about these two things. I was up into knee deep, probably head deep in the debt. I just had blew all of my money um, partying and then putting the rest into the business. And I got a newborn baby. And I'm bringing my newborn baby down to Athens every single day. Um, and I got to take her to daycare in the morning. But what he told me was, he said, God ain't going to put you on nothing you can't handle. And he said, put the steaks in there. And, and he told me the oil and water ratio mm -hmm. so the steaks don't be greasy. <laughs> and then the one thing he told me, um, I honor and I stand on that, is to take care of my grandmother. And my grandmother lived with me. She'd been with me every single step of the way since he passed wow. away. Um, and I also told my grandmother she was going to watch me open every single store in front of her face. And I've done seven so far in front of her face. Wow. And, 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 yeah. So, so, so for me, you know, it gets real personal. You a lot, a lot of people just see the whole big Dave's thing and the money and, you know, the cars and all that stuff that I do like. But yeah. the real part of this was was family, because if I ain't yeah. never have the family that I had, I wouldn't be able to get to this point that I'm at right now, because anybody could tell you I love cooking. I love a lot of people at my house. I like being around people. Mm -hmm. um, I like people to smile. I like them to feel good. And I also I like to pick on people who is not doing well, because I want you to understand, like you're a star, too. Like get out of that, get out of that quicksand, get out of that mode. Like crank your engine up. Like I might piss people off that's around me sometimes. I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? But the whole thing is, it's not for me to down you. It's because I want you to meet me in the eye to eye. I want to be able to depend on you just like you depend on me. Yeah. And then we all can win together that way. Man, you know, that's this is such a a powerful story because there's a lot of people that are complaining about why they can't build their business when they ain't going through half the stuff that you're going through. A lot of the stuff that people are complaining about, it's just emotional issues. No. Like you just don't feel good. Yeah, Things just, aren't working out. Just like, like when you just said the, uh, the whole patience piece. Yeah. Like, it took you years to put your foundation together. You ain't just have this popping podcast yeah. and everybody want to get on it. You had to have something that people look at as special. And you ain't going to sit everybody in the seat because everybody don't deserve to sit in the seat. Facts. And that's what I tell people. Like, everybody not going to deserve your time. Now, if they're going to earn it, that's something different. But if you already at a, a point in your life, you know, and it's okay to rewind and go back down and grab the guy, but that guy got to be something to grab. Yeah. You got to have something that you see in him that, or her that you want to help out because, like I said, it can unsharpen you so fast. And I don't want a bill around me. Yeah. I don't want debt that's around fair. me. No, I don't because the thing is, is like, we're all going to have our roller coaster rides. I don't care how much money you got. The wealthiest people in the world have bad months. 100%. You know what I'm saying? But this is the thing, though. You ain't sitting in that, though. Yeah. You, you know that you got to keep on going. I'm not sitting at the, the, the millions that I had before. I'm looking at the millions I got coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sitting in that. Because when you sit in that, you ain't going to get it again. And when you make money your motivation, you ain't going to get it. 
That's a fact. I tell people, like, really practice on your craft. Learn your business. Learn what you're doing. And it's going to chase you. That's just like if you was a motivational speaker. If everything you said out your mouth was motivational, they're going to pay you to hear it. Mm -hmm. They want to listen. They want to get motivated off yeah. of it. So just wait your turn and wait your time. Facts. And I, I wanted to know, um, again, because I've been married five years. You've been married for how long? Three months now. Three months. When is the 10th? Oh, yeah, three months. Three months. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest adjustments as a entrepreneur doing things on your own? Like there's a dynamic there yeah. that uh, I'm sure uh, your wife loves and hates certain parts of you. Right. Yeah. So for you, like sharing a house with one person and having to be considerate, how are you growing through that? So it's not really hard for us because I think we was we got married before we got married, if that makes sense. Mm. Explain that. Yeah, so we already had, I'm going to give you the financial aspect of it first. We already had millions together locked in. Like, we already had so, we already had so much property and stuff already locked in that we was already tied to not. That's why I thought you was married before. Yeah, you. we had so much already. You know, what, what Pinky and I, what we did was um, a lot of people couldn't have done. We trusted each other early. But we came from the same pain. We wanted yeah. the same growth. We wanted the same happiness. And sometimes you get lucky enough in life that that person you meet wants everything that you want. So it don't become a challenge or yeah. or a battle or why you working so much or why you doing these things. Um, now, I will say this right now for us, we, we about to have three under three. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> We right. got right now, um, I got five, I'm about to have five kids in total. Um, my two uh, older girls, Dallas and Denver, they do such a good job with my younger kids. But mm -hmm. so sometimes I have father guilt and sometimes she has mother guilt. I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah. And what I mean by that, you got two people chasing all yeah. day, chasing. And we got sometimes a little time to be there with our kids. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing because we both be sitting there like, you know, Man, this this ain't got no choice but to pay off. I'm yeah. missing these moments. Um, and for me, that's hard sometimes because, like, I got to put work in front of everything to take care of everything in back of me. You know, some we, we, we got to be real with ourselves to say that our careers has to be the most important to be able to take care of our families. Yeah. Because right now, I can have these five children, and if I can't provide for them, I can't take care of them, I can't give them a resource— now, how am I supposed to really give them an opportunity in America? Well, let me ask you this, though, because it's not like it's not like you are having an issue providing for them. But you have this this window of time. And this yeah. is a, a, a conversation that I think is needed to have between two men, two fathers, two yeah. husbands. I'm I'm I think my kids have taken some of my drive because. I'm not grinding like I used to grind. Cause I, I heard you say that be, before. I be want to be at the house. I'm glad you brought this up. I heard you say that before. And that's happened. Like, I'm going to give an example. So we just now, um, for the last two weeks, we've been like the nanny, mm. right? We've been like, honestly, like locked in every single day with the kids, right? And, it, and it's been cool. Like this morning, my son, um, he wake up and, he's, and I look over and he's sitting there smiling and laughing at me. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm like, damn, it's not a better feeling in the world than this. Right. And I know what you mean where your, your kids can kind of steal that time because and I and, and and salute to you. I even seen the way you are with your daughter when you was at my house. Um, I could tell that you're a real father and we need more men like you out here. But needless to say, you can comfort her. You can care for her. You can give her all of that. But. When the tuition due and you got to pay your mortgage <laughs> and all that's due, like we have to make time for everything that makes yeah. sense. And being a serial entrepreneur, you know, you have to leverage that time out. Like we got 24 hours in a day and I'm about to break this time down to you, right? So you make it four to six hours of sleep. May. Maybe. Maybe. Right? Then you got eight to 10 hours, maybe 12 hours where you constantly just on your craft, right? Mm -hmm. Then... You got the other time when you're driving two different places, right? So that's, <laughs> we don't even count the like the 20 and 30 minutes right. that adds up to like two, three right. hours, right? For sure. So you tell me right now, two hours you got in the day to, to lose to play with your homies and waste time. That's yeah. what I be meaning when people don't have their priorities together because you don't have enough time in 24 hours to be able to do all of these things and then waste three to four hours senseless. Yeah. If you took that three to four hours that you wasted and maybe gave it to your kids, and then now everything leverages out. Yeah. We don't be paying attention sometimes to be on the phone. We be sitting there talking about basketball, football for 30, 40 minutes. Dude just threw for 300 yards, and he making 20 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, his dream and his goals are working, yeah. and you sitting there talking about how he could have did better. <laughs> what can you do? Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we got to stop doing. We be spending yeah. so much wasteless time on things, and that's what I'm doing a better job at. I promised myself for 2024, I was going to do so much better at not allowing people to get in my space, wasting 10 minutes of my time, yeah. five minutes of my time, because that can go to my children yeah. who I need to give that more of that time to. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So we got to get into big days and how it was built. So the truck was in Athens, Georgia. No. So Athens. this is exactly how, how the whole thing went. Okay. I started in a gas station, mm -hmm. um, 2014. The gas station was where? Um, in Dunwoody, Georgia. In Dunwoody? Yep. Oh, around here? Yeah, Dunwoody. Oh. Actually, let me tell you, driving here, I drove past the, I don't know if you tried that little market over there. There's like a couple little spots in over there. I used to eat lunch in there like every couple of days. Really? I got a lot, a little hot Never spots. been over there, bro. Oh, no, I'll show you a couple little hot spots. <laughs> but this was my, this was my, um, my stopping grounds. Um, this was the gift and the curse because I got, taught to be a man and done with you. And I'm explaining to that what I mean by that. Um, now go back to ego and letting stuff get under your skin. When I opened that gas station location, right? I remember walking over to this white lady and giving her a flyer. She, you know, she had a minivan, so I'm, you know, she had kids with her. I'm like, you know, I got to start getting in the community. Yeah. She told me to get back. She don't want me to pump her gas. Whoa. Right? So, the old me would have just snapped and popped and tried to, you know, yeah. set things I probably shouldn't have said out of my mouth. But I was able to say, you know what? It's cool. 
I walk back in a, a restaurant, and I, can, I never even shared this part with nobody. And I can remember crying, like a tear rolling down my face like a baby because I never experienced that part of America mm. trying to do something right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, like I'm trying to do something right. Allow me to do something right. So moral to the story is a couple of days later went by. The lady comes back up to the gas station, but she's not by herself this time. It's two separate cars. It's her, her neighbor and her kids, and it's her kids. Well, the lady's kids ran out the car and ran into my location because they seen the, the Italian ice. Wow. The slushies they thought it was, right? That same lady that I told you that told me to get back became one of my biggest supporters in Dunwoody. Wow. So sometimes in life, we don't understand that how we raised, um, we just ain't familiar with it. You know, we ain't we ain't familiar with um, certain things that happen in life. So, like I said earlier, human, right? And, and sometimes us being human, we only go off of what we know. Like right now, if you was just surrounded by your culture your whole life, you don't really know how to accept anything else. Yeah, Everything is going to be your culture, your culture, your culture. Yeah. Well, I've been around multiple cultures now, so now I speak for the people. You see how that changes? Yeah. I'm always going to be for my culture. I'm always going to represent for, for our people because they need to see something good out of what, what they call bad society. Yeah. But I'm speaking for people now because yeah. I want everybody to understand what this looks like versus being stereotyped by one individual or one culture. And to the today, um, I haven't seen her in a while, but when I left, she was literally one of my biggest supporters bringing different neighbors up, involving me in the community. Yeah. Um, so I tell people all the time, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not a track meet, it's a marathon. Yeah. So you got to run your race. And sometimes in life, it's just not going to be pretty in the beginning. How long were you at that location in Dunwoody? Um, four and a half years. Four and a half years? Yeah. And what's the agreement with the gas? Did you like work with the gas station owner and they just let you so, post up? I actually told them, I said, because I can't get nobody in Atlanta to rent me a space because I ain't had no business experience. Literally, I had all this money. And I remember about the, I was about to sign a lease um, and a lady, I gave her every single bank account I had balance. Mm. I gave her everything I had in my name. I even gave her my car titles. And soon I was about to go to sign a lease, she said, um, me and my husband, we decided to go another route. Mm. And it broke my heart, man. Like, I'm like. Are you putting this together? Like, yo, I'm in the South. These people racist. Yeah, I'm so afraid. now that's what my, that's now that's what society trying to tell me. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I came here to change my life and it's not giving me the opportunity. But then I go on LoopNet. A friend of mine is telling me about LoopNet, right? Again, in Philly, I don't know LoopNet. I don't know what legal Zoom. I don't yeah. know what none of that stuff is. I don't know nothing about LLC, none of that. I just know streets. <laughs> but I always knew I was a hustler because I was in the streets. Because yeah. I tell people there's no difference. And I'm going to say this and I don't want nobody to. I mean, you don't shouldn't be breaking the law, but it's no difference between selling drugs and business but paying taxes. Yeah. You got to pay your workers. You got to take care of your team. Everything is the same, yeah. except for you going to jail the other way. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you can a go lot to jail of, this way, too. Yeah, keep up, and this way, keep too. Keep the taxes. Yeah, but that taught me so much. But again, um, I went to this Indian guy. He had this space. He wanted uh, $1,500 a month. And I told him, I said, listen, I'll pay you six months up front right now. I got the money, you ain't gotta worry about nothing. And he let me, you know, into that space. And do you know, I went from making zero dollars my whole year. Eve came one day, right? Um, the rapper Eve. Eve. Oh, Eve, okay. And 
I was dead broke, man. I'm talking about, I don't even think I had a thousand dollars in the bank. This is why you had the truck. No, this is before the truck. Before the truck, got you. Yeah. So this is just the gas station. So imagine right now you just had all this money. Hold on. I'm sorry. You were in the gas station. I thought you had a gas station. I thought you had a truck. No, no, no. I got the, the a lot of people think that. No, I had the gas station first. Oh, so where sometimes you go to a gas station and they got them uh them weird looking like hot dogs and stuff on the joint. Yeah, you had so a little spot over there. I'm next door. No, you're right. So listen, I'm next door, but I told them, listen, the wall is up. So we ain't looking like we're in the gas station. <laughs> we're just beside the gas station. So I put this fireproof wall up, right? Mm-hmm. So it cost like 10 grand to put this this fireproof wall up. So the concepts is, is switched. Mm-hmm. But I go all this time now. I'm thinking, you know, once I put these cheat steaks in here, things about to be booming. Yeah. I ain't making no money, man. I'm talking about, I'm driving um, like a $100,000 car and I got a donut on it and I can't change the tire <laughs> because if I pay that $350, $400, I ain't going to be able to buy some food or one of my employees ain't getting paid Friday. Goodness gracious. So I spent the whole year when I tell you I got it out the mud, bro, I got it out the mud. Like a lot of people think I built this off of my 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 personal injury or whatever. I came here with money. I was broke. I built this off the hustle. Yeah. Listen, you looking at somebody that that blew over segment for seven figures and literally started in the gas station and came out the mud to where you at right now to making the Forbes top one thousand yeah. to being on the front cover of Essence and all these things. All this happened about me never giving up on my dream for again. Sure. Philly, ego. We built on ego. There's no way I'm going back home so you can call me the donkey of the day. <laughs> or he had the opportunity and blew it. And most of all, I would have never fell in with my dad's name on it. Yeah. You know, that's what people don't understand. Like, I looked at investors who told me, ah, I'll pass right now. I'd be like, y'all have no idea. Y'all got a kid who hungry for success because of his father. Not because he want to make money. Because he won't die. He going to live through this. And a lot of these people right now try to bust U-turns and come back. It's too late because I got more than them now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the, and that's the flex. When yeah. somebody was supposed to invest in you and now you worth more than them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's the real flex. That's lit. All right. So you was about to tell a story. Oh, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So um, to get in this story, so I get this gas station location going, right? And I'm making this chicken cheesesteak with my life depending on that. I got no money, but Eve is here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the bank right there. That's yeah. my bank account. I need her to post this on social media outlets. Did you know her? No. Yeah. I didn't know her. All I knew is um I knew a, I knew I knew a friend of hers. Mm-hmm. So I got an alley oop to get her there. Um and what she told me was, so imagine right now all the people in this room and you telling them, Y'all ain't eating this food until I taste it so I can stamp it. So while mm-hmm. I got my back turned while I'm chopping this this chicken up to make this chicken cheesesteak. I'm like, you know what? If I fell now, I fell because there's no other resource. I can't. I have no more gas in the tank. I have nothing else to fight. I have no money. You know what I'm saying? No nothing. I don't know what I'm going to do. And when she bit that sandwich, she went crazy. She literally put it on every social media network she had. I had a line the next day out the parking lot. Really? And from that day on, it's just been building. 2018, Georgia selected me to represent the company. I mean, the whole state. In a competition where I ranked top 10 in the world in sandwiches. And Orange really? Beach, Alabama, being a black man in Alabama, really like probably the, probably two black people in that whole competition. And I got disqualified in the last round for not submitting my recipe. So you know who would have won. Mm. But I take my top 10 because, you, know, you know, sometimes in life, number one is just about uh, a title. It's about being in the game. And yeah. I was in the game. 
Yeah. And I took it to top 10 against a lot of chefs, and I did it on a barbecue grill. So imagine you come into a tournament to cook, and you thinking you have a flat top, which you cook on, and right. they don't have that. They just have barbecue grills. So I had to go to Walmart and get a oh. skillet and sit on it like a plate and cook through my disadvantages. Yeah. And I still got there. I gave, I gave Bo Jackson a Dave's way, and it was history. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that, yo, this is an incredible story, bro. It's like a... It really is stealing people's excuses. And if you right notice, now. if you notice, I don't even share a lot of my story because I wanted people to love to work. Yeah. I could get up there and talk on every podcast I want to right now and tell them everything I've been through. But y'all going to see what I've been through through my work. Yeah. I used to get up there every single morning while I'm chopping steaks and I do videos. I show people my me cooking, not yeah. nobody hired. I didn't start hiring people till I got enough money to hire people. I was in that restaurant seven days a week for five and a half years myself. Mm. Grinding, doing the, getting up at four in the morning, doing my prep, rolling the egg rolls, all that myself. So when people see the, the glamour now, just remember, I went through eight, almost nine years of my life every single day giving to this dream. Goodness gracious. So as you're, as you're expanding... What are some of the biggest issues with expansion? What are Because I, I know through this journey, it's been ups and downs, man. Yeah, um, I would say the biggest, the biggest has been um, resources. Um, resources. I mean, you got to look at it like this, right? So the world was just uh, women heavy. When, you know, every, even you even look at like George Floyd, right? You know, God rest his soul. But George Floyd was a black man, but then right after George Floyd, all the money went to women. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And the women deserve it because women went through so many years of not getting the resources and the privileges they deserve. And, and to be quite frank, they just got their shit together more than us as a whole. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you, because now that I am an investor, so I got to put my investor hat on. So if I'm looking at this young guy who who wants things, right? And any young guy, and I can look at a young woman, she might be more frugal, more financial responsible. You might want to take care of 10 of your homies and blow the bag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So women were safer to invest in in the mm -hmm. pandemic. It just was a safer route for investors. Um, and that's something that I had to go through, not just with investors, but I had to go through that with myself because at that same time of me climbing, I'm realizing that I need more diversity up top. Yeah. I need more women in the company. I need more feminine energy because when you don't create that atmosphere up top, it becomes so top heavy with men and ego. That's just like with you right now, if me and you was working together and you thought you, you know how to do something better than me, we'll be battling, yeah. trying to prove each other wrong and, and kill the company. Yeah. Instead of coming 100%. together saying, yo, we got to meet in the middle of somewhere because I want to say you're wrong or, or you want to say I'm wrong. Yeah. And I think when you're dealing with um, certain individuals, you're able to adapt differently. Like, I'm going to give you an example. Um, and a lot of people may don't understand this or even know that they do this, but when different cultures tell you what to do, you do it differently. Explain that. What you mean? So right now, you can tell your team, somebody in your team, hey, I need you to take care of X, Y, Z, boo, boo, boo. Another culture tell them that in that same position you in, they gonna take care of it, and and reason and that's not always the case. But the reason being is because I'm not used to you being my boss. Yeah. I'm used to you being my friend, my homie, my homie. Right. <laughs> so when we trying to get money with our homies, and if you can't turn that hat off, then it ain't gonna work. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got this thing with me, like we could be boys in the crib, but business in the streets. Mm -hmm. Like I ain't your, I ain't your homie in the streets. Yeah. Like we, we, we doing this business. Like even with Mike, Mike, my manager, when me and Mike in the crib, we could sit there and talk about anything. We always talk about high level things on how to, you know, level each other up in our careers. But when we in the streets, Mike know his role and I know my role. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the way it need to go. Yeah. Did you, have you, have you come across getting any investors at all? Oh yeah. So um, my investors is uh, Richard Lou Dennis. Um, so you know what? That's what I thought. I, well, I, I didn't know. Well, I, didn't, I didn't think about it, but I know. Um, with uh, I want to say Pinky said she got it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Um, I was like, it would make sense. He also invest in both of y'all. Yeah, you know but I mean? so it, it really didn't happen like that at first. So it just was, um, you know, I got to know them. You know, um, shout out the new voices, uh, good family. I got to know them, and I got to understand them, and we built relationship before investment. A lot of people um, always run into investment. I like to build in relationship. I want to know. Right now, I got people want to throw money at me left and right. I get a, I literally get a phone call every day. This person got $10 million for you. This person got $5 million for you. I got it. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not a big thing anymore. Who can help me now resource-wise? Yeah. That's what I'm chasing. I'm not chasing the money. Um, my company take millions to run. So evidently, I don't need millions. Yeah. I need resources. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So like I'm at a stage now where like my, my payroll is over a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? So imagine having to come up with that type of situation to wait on you. Now you get used to that. So now when people throwing the money at you, you like, well, back before I had millions, millions was a lot, but millions yeah. spin like, you know, like water. 100%. But a resource gonna keep you there. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm building resources. I'm building that. And I could have been, you know, had big days all over the country. Um, already two years ago, three years ago. But I ain't want to be the brand that was just going to be there with the impact. I wanted to be there legendary. I want to be there in the history books. When I'm dead and gone, I'm still living. Yeah. See, that's what people understand. If you're an entrepreneur, like you need to know what are you chasing? Are you chasing money? Are you chasing to be legendary? Are you chasing to, to be a trendsetter, to change people's mindsets? Or are you chasing to be alive when you did? Mm. I'm chasing to be alive when I'm dead. Um, you could look at Nipsey Hussle. He's alive. Yeah. He's six feet under, but he's alive. His name is always going to live on. You look at Kobe Bryant. He's gone, but he's alive. These type people, um, Martin Luther King, these type people, Michael Mex, never going to get stopped talking about because they did things in life that just can't be erased. Yeah. And with Big Dave's is my stepping stone, but my philanthropy work and my community service that I've been doing the whole time I've been here is what's going to keep me here. The food is good, but the story is better. Yeah. With um, help out people who are maybe looking to get an investor. What does an investor come with? Because in our mind, we think, oh, you got a good idea, Big Dave's. I got a couple of dollars. I'll invest in you. Right. Nah. But I would imagine this investment's a little different. Again, uh, bottom line. I, I challenge everybody who, who watched this podcast, that watched this episode, if you don't know what your bottom line is, learn your bottom line. Because when you get in the big dog world, um, now don't get it wrong, you got to drive the top line sales to have something special because they think they could fix it. Whether or not you're going to fix it or not, they're going right. to fix it. Um, but why do you want to come to the table needing to be fixed? Mm. Like, you want to come to the table with it already together. Yeah. Like, I believe in you more if you're together. I'm not going to be on your back calling you every day saying the moves you made if you together right. already. So I had to work on getting together. So now that I'm together, 
My investors ain't bothering me. They know I'm turning it up. They know what I'm going to do. So when you got that type of status, now you can now put that into other people around you because what we do is we uh we got this thing that just want to look good and don't be good. Yeah. I really want to be good. I don't buy things unless I have stuff coming in to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I challenge people to, to live in their means. Um, and the reason why I say that is because you can't live outside your means and build a business. Yeah, because your fact. business is going to be the one suffering, and like right now, I I have never took a draw on Big Dave's. I've never touched my business account. I've never took a really? draw out of my company. Never. Oh, but you pay yourself though. I pay myself, got but it, I've right. never took a company draw. Like right yeah. now, like you got people right now. Once they see a, a large lump sum of money in their account, and they know they're the founder of the Take CEO. Five thousand, ten thousand. Yeah. yeah, but see the thing is, right? I can now hire two people for that every month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I if I choose to not take that five or ten thousand, if I choose to hold on to five thousand dollars, I can say I can give two part time workers that. Yeah. Because you might just go blow it somewhere for your comfortability, but then the business hurting. I could take that five grand and put it in the business, and the business getting the needs and needs to you know to have. Yeah. So it ain't suffering. I care more about my business breathing than me breathing. Yeah. And the reason of that is because if my business fell, I felt it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah your status at where you right now can't be rebuilt. Like, you cannot take yourself and rebuild this again because you are too far gone. You get what I'm saying? I'm just being real with you. That's a good point. You can't. You cannot. Yeah, Listen, yeah. a billionaire told me this, and I had to sit here and think about that. He said, right now, if you was the, I lost it early, mm-hmm. but if you lose it now, how it's going to feel? How can you rebuild <laughs> this? Right. And to be honest, it'll never be the same special again. Mm-hmm. You ever see somebody get traded and go back home and play for that team again? It's not the same. Yeah. The, the history is broken. You ain't looking at it the same. Sometimes you can be in a relationship and get back in that relationship. The world ain't looking at the same. It ain't hitting the same. (laughs) No, and and, and don't get me wrong. I don't want nobody to say that you can't build a relationship back. (laughs) But But more often than not, it's just weird. Now I remember why we broke up the first time. Yeah, you start, you start, you know, and then you know women, they bring up the whole, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? This is why, this is why such and such was like last time you're doing the same thing. Yeah, so same thing with business. If, If right now, it's like a person, like, if you were shysty, you can't be unshysty. <laughs> like, you can't be unshysty. You got that stain on you. No, if you're a thief, you're a thief. That, them are two of the things that you just are. <laughs> like, you just can't change that because I can't trust you again around finances. I can't trust you around even my cell phone. Yeah. So, like, you're a thief. <laughs> I can't unchange that. So, like, when you had to start all over again from being a serial entrepreneur, and when I mean starting over, I mean, like, you stopped. Like, you stop being an entrepreneur that you once was. I think that's what, um, starting over, that you can't get that special back. Yeah. I've been giving entrepreneurs advice. Uh, Well, I've been doing it for years, but more recently, the more I give other people advice, the more I realize, yo, I got so much work to do myself. Like, they see you like, yo, this guy's got it all figured out, but uh, we never always have it all figured out. My question is, what are some things that you're struggling with now that you're trying to grow through? Um, what am I struggling with now? To be honest, David, I ain't even gonna lie to you, bro. I would say that I've been struggling for the last four to five years. I'm out of my struggle. Mm. And what I mean by that is that every single piece in my life right now I have, and I've been waiting for it. When I tell you, I've been saying this in like every interview, I'm in my season. Like people are about to see the me they seen last year, and then next year is gonna look like something totally different. 
you're about to see a kid that had a gas station to downtown being famous to building a couple new locations mm -hmm. to having locations all around the world. Do you know right now it's only 8% of African-Americans right now that own franchises? 8%. 8%. So you got 92% of people in the world that's in other cultures right now that control the market. Right now, I just told this to um, um, CNBC last week. I said, I got a few restaurants, but the name of the brand is massive. It's already like I got hundreds of them. Wherever I go, you know, people know about the brand. But imagine when they actually can match the brand with the name. It's going to be dangerous. Mm. It's going to be dangerous. And, you know, that's what I've been waiting for. So in my life right now, I don't have no, uh, no things that's my challenge. Now, I will say this. My obstacle to what I'm about to roll into is the franchising piece that I want people to take care of my baby the way I take care of my yeah. baby. Um, but I got a team. I got a team like no other. I got a team better than any team I ever had. I got a team of skellers. Yeah. It's a difference. You got dreamers and skellers. I got a team that can put in the work and get it done. Like I don't have to make a phone call and say, yo, you ain't get this done. They telling me what they got done and what we working on. So those things like that, you can progress and see vision of the future in. Before, it was more so just me burning myself out on Instagram, me trying to get the viewerships and the likes yeah. and the comments so people know the company. Now that people know the company, now it's time to scale the company. And this is going to be the biggest year of my life because I'm about to sign a lot of franchise agreements this year. Yo, so the stores that you have now, as they're popping up, is it you building another store or do you partner on all these? No, it's uh, me building them. So every time you see a big, I want people to understand this too, because, you know, I know it took me a while to get here with these locations, but we're talking about $700,000 here, you know, and sometimes over $700,000. To build it out. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we take pride in these locations. I mean, a kitchen sometimes can cost you two fifty. You know, the grills, like, yeah. this ain't a cheap concept. This is a quality concept, you know. And I didn't want to be another brand just, you know, just selling food, I wanted the right equipment that can give you the quality food. Um, and that's why I use certain grills um, that, that cook the sandwiches, that got a quarter inch plate, inch and a half. Certain things I know that's my trick yeah. that other people don't know, but it cost me more money. Got it. Franchise model. So walk me through what that looks like. Um, like I want one. You should. I, I, like, I, I was going to take over your dumb you, you know what I mean? Hey, listen, you should. We talk about that later. You might can. <laughs> um, so the franchise model is is really, uh, it's going to be, um, if you've ever been in my Lawrenceville location, that's going to be the, that's going to be uh, Jonesboro, Lawrenceville, Dunk Tight Kitchen, straight to the point. Mm. Walk up to the counter, um, couple seat in, get your food and go. Um, not a sit down and chop no, it up. No, um, it will be a couple seats, but more so fast, casual. So I want people to understand I'm not a fast food restaurant at all. I'm fast casual. Mm -hmm. I, call, I like to call it uh, quality casual yeah. because you're going to get the quality food and you're going to get the, the casual experience. Um, we just don't want to say, hey, um, give me your money. What's your order? I tell my people at the register all the time, you know, you might be the, the, the cash to somebody's day. Like somebody can come in there with their head down and you can say, you know, I hope you have a better day. And that person might can lift their head up. You know, my jeweler told me this a long time ago in Philly, uh, years ago. He said, you know, when I know somebody broke, they walk in my shop with their head down. They don't really want to sell their watch, but they got to. And mm -hmm. I know I could offer them anything at that point because they broke. 
Dang. You know what I'm saying? But I want people to understand when they walk into Big Dave's, whatever you got going on in your life, when you get greeted by my registered person, we are paying cash into your bank account by depositing it with good um, customer service. Yeah, here's the, the challenge I would see for somebody to run the register or cook the food, especially if you got the model. I guess there's only mu so much you could pay somebody for them to uh, kind of give high level customer service. Again, I haven't been there, but I would imagine. How do Opportunity. You so before I get to that, I'm a, I'm a, let's talk about the opportunity piece, right? Yeah. So before you get the money, so if you right now are sitting with a billionaire and you made 30 million this year, he don't care because he's a billionaire. Yeah. But if I tell that billionaire, I have an opportunity for the both of us that we can win off of, he is all ears, Yeah. right? When I'm hiring people or when my staff is hiring people in Big Dave's, we pin that opportunity piece in first. That come before the money, that come before anything because if you was a cashier, you might be a GM next year. That's the type of opportunity mm. that Big Dave's gives. Every single person in the restaurant know how to cook, know how to get on the cash register, um, know how to be a leader. That's why we are franchising now because I used to have hire people just to be fry cooks or grill cooks or cashiers. Every single person in the kitchen know how to do every single role. So whether they're a cashier now, they know how to do it all, meaning at yeah. some point. So I got something called Blue Apron, right? Yeah. My Blue Apron is your graduation, right? So if... And I don't come in the restaurants that often as much as I used to, right? Mm -hmm. So when I come in there for a blue apron ceremony, right? My, my team picked three to four people that graduated, that's going to the next position. I honor them just like it's a high school diploma. I give them a certificate and I tell them congratulations. We honor the work. Welcome to your new role, your new position. Nobody's ever saying stagnant in Big Dave's. Like we allow, we're allowing oh, you wow. to grow. Like I got people right now that literally was grill cooks. Went from shift leaders to being able to be supervisors. I'm seeing people buy brand new cars. I'm seeing people sign um, mortgages on brand new homes that didn't have it. So those are the things that Big Dave's is creating opportunity on um, besides just the, the hourly pay. And, uh, and, and um, I'm going to talk about the next thing. We provide ownership. So my core people that started with me, the same guys I just talking about, yeah. they got phantom equity in the company. So if they stay alongside me the day I exit, they exit. And oh, when they wow. exit, they, got, they ain't got to wait for no 401k. Mm. They ain't got to wait for no Social Security. They got their own retirement by putting their sweat equity into the brand. That's dope. So I didn't want people beside me just working with me. I want you to be a boss, too. Yeah. If you ain't a boss, we ain't bosses. How can we win together? That's a fact. Yeah. So during, I guess, maybe during the pandemic. And first off, in Atlanta... Don't nobody have no job. Don't nobody work. So did you have any issues hiring people? Because it's like. No. Where? Who don't? And why y'all here? Don't None of y'all got no jobs? So Y'all got nothing? No, you I so right. I y'all that's in here. No, you so, nah, you so right. But I'm going to tell you. You so right about that. But I'm going to tell you the approach. So I went from just trying to get bodies in the restaurant mm -hmm. to getting the right people. Yeah. So hiring the way you said, just trying to get people. You're never going to get the right people that way because you're just trying to fill slots. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you become a brand that people, like Deion Sanders right now, mm. he got more viewership than the NFL probably right Crazy. now per game, right? Everybody wants to pay attention to these games because it's history involved in it. It's culture. It's tangible. It's something that you feel like you can grab, you can grasp. You're seeing him playing with his two sons. He was in the NFL. He was a legend. 
And now you seeing him being a legend coach and seeing his son's um, wings spread yeah. and amongst of it, right? It make you want to lock in. Yeah. But when you see this business and you see a black kid that had a drug background, got in trouble, straightened his life out, the world paying attention to, building it right in front of your face, they want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I got guys that get hired and tell me I'm only working here because of you. Yeah. I want to be beside you. How do I work up to get beside you? I say, listen, let the work speak. When I work talk, I'll learn your name. And when I learn your name, I ain't going to forget it. <laughs> good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I think. Yeah, for sure. That's lit, man. Yo, everybody clap it up. It's a good episode, man. <laughs> you read a lot. Where's, where's your per, what's your personal development routine? So if I told you, you would think I was lying. But honestly, I, I think it's my wife. Mm. I mean, to be honest, because. Don't start it now because she's walking. No, 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 no. No, don't do that. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's, 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 you know how some people got like. Role models or I don't have a role model. No disrespect to nobody that's that, that's above me or got to certain levels of success. But y'all did it y'all way. I'm going to do it mine. I, I, I piggyback off of what y'all do and I see it, but I got my own vision to where I want to do it. And I know I'm going to do it my way. Um, so I don't have role models. I don't have um, people where I be like, I study them. I study everybody. I study the guy that you don't pay attention to. I study the little girl who made cakes that night that uh, she got better three days after that. Mm -hmm. I don't study just because you got money. I study because of your hard work. I literally look at people's pages. They have no idea I'm on their pages. Like, <laughs> damn, I need that type of grind back. I need yeah. to get that type of hunger back. You know, because those are the things going to keep you here. Looking at the guy at the top, he got 80 people work for him in the morning. He ain't doing nothing but signing checks and showing up. Mm. It, it looks like he's working hard now. Yeah. I promise you he's not. <laughs> right. You know, when you're at that stage right now in the middle, you still can touch both worlds. You still got to put that work in, mm -hmm. and you still wouldn't know it like on the other side. But when you're already too far gone, I mean, look at that. Look at how many icons um, that came before us that sometimes they get so far gone. Even if they wanted to help, they don't know how to help. Or they got to hire somebody to help to be able to connect that culture again. Yeah. I don't never want to leave that culture. You, I want you to always be able to talk to me, feel me, listen to me. I want to always be able to understand you. Now, that might be a challenge the bigger I get, but that's a challenge I'm willing to take. Yeah, I love this, man, because it, it seems like you are uh, very well-read. Even the way you just like articulate your ideas, it typically comes from like personal development. I mean, I read, I read a lot, but yeah. I, don't, I don't say that anybody's right. Yeah. Because you got your opinion, I got mine. Yeah. Just because your way worked. And once the world is stroking your ego, you right. Yeah. It don't matter. You could be wrong as hell. You right. Because <laughs> you winning. Right. So I know you ain't going to be right till you win. And when, you, when you ain't winning, you wrong. Philosophy on kids. You have kids that are obviously growing up in a wealthy household. Is your philosophy, yo, you don't get nothing from dad. You got to earn it or I'm trying to pave a way for you. It's funny. I just told my brother, because I'm trying to get my brother to move to Atlanta. And I told him on the phone the other day, and I said, my son right now has proved to me that I've already broke the generational curses. My son, he lives in the mansion. He, he can be in all the cars he want to be in. He's in a country club. But the only thing I could teach him now is principle. Mm. Right? So if I have all these things, you can get lost in principle because then you don't understand what it feels like not to not have. Yeah. So when he gets to that that four and five stage, um, that's what I that's gonna be my challenge, just principle, just putting the principle of things into him because like my, my two older kids, right? 
I got them to now where they give your stuff away. You know, if you don't need it, give it. Let somebody else have it that mm-hmm. need it. Um, they did give backs with me. So my challenge is going to be my kids um, accepting to give because yeah. they already receiving it. Because mm-hmm. when you're born already into a blessing, you only can be a blessing to the world. Yeah. And I don't want them to feel like, you know, they have it all and they don't have to work for it. Because um, me and Pinky, we we a lot of ways, but we also different. Mm-hmm. She's more frugal than I am. Frugal. She's mm-hmm. more than that than I am. Um, and I just like to, I, I, I like to look at some stuff to remind me where I came from sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people may think I like, I like, I like cars and all that stuff and the jury, whatever the case may be. But sometimes, more than most of the times, I pull up and I just like to look at my work. Mm-hmm. I could look at my home. I could look at the things that got me here yeah. to know that I never want to drive back to what I, what I had. Yeah. It's not that I just want to stunt these things. I've been having $200,000 cars since I was 20-something years old. Yeah. I'm 36 now. So those things don't excite me anymore. But if I can get the kid to pay attention to me on Instagram, he don't even know I'm indirectly giving him the message. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He might be looking at the materialistic things that I have, but I'm really giving him the message through it by saying, yeah, you can have these things, but in order to keep these things, you have to have your stuff together. But for your own child, it's like the philosophy of do I prepare my child for the way or do I prepare the way for the child? So that you don't want your kids to go through what you've been through, but also 80% of uh, millionaires are self-made, meaning wealth for me, wealth doesn't travel well, meaning it doesn't really go to the next generation because they only have, according to these numbers in my own head, they got a 20% chance because they didn't go through what you Yeah, it might be less than that, but just just hear the side out. So Mm -hmm. right now, you say you pass away, you got 20 million cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. You give this 20 million to your kids. If you never taught them to be financial literate Mm -hmm. or to know financial literacy, the money gonna get pissed away. Mm -hmm. So when people say they wanna pass on the money to their kids, well, first you gotta teach your kids how to be financial literate. That's where the principle comes in. Yeah, so then that's what the principle part of it is, is that like, so for me, I'm even with myself, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's a gift and a curse. You gotta have somebody sharp beside you to understand these things. Like, so right now, Money could be pouring and coming, coming, but you got to have somebody beside you saying, it ain't going to always be like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we got to do better, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. So with the kid element of it is you got to let them know, like, yo, you with them $100 sneaks on, like, that's the blessing. Like, yeah. so what are you going to do right now to get you another pair of $100 sneaks? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give you a story. Um, um, my OG, Derek, from, uh, um, I met him through Pepsi. He was the Pepsi president. Uh, and that's a, he became like a real close friend of mine now. And I was at his house one day and I was talking to his son on the dock. We was fishing. Mm-hmm. And this is when I said, oh, I got to turn my kids up when they get this age. His son's into stocks, right? And he's like, man, I lost a lot of money. I only got like 350000 left in, the, in, in my stock. <laughs> and I'm like, 18 years old, three You're doing well. Right. You know, but again, it's about the level of opportunity you provide for your kid. Like now that, yeah, I do play with millions now, right? So I'm not looking at money the way I used to look at money. But I can't let him look at the new money the way I look at the new yeah. money because he'll never understand the old resource of the money. Gotcha. He got to feel the struggle still. You got to still be able to meet him in the middle. And the way I plan to do that is 
you know, when you're looking at chores around the house, that's the old school way. But give them a debit card with a certain amount of money on it and let them get declined. <laughs> let them feel how that feels. You know, let them feel how it feel, you know, to walk in the store and they get declined at an early age. They ain't going to get, get declined yeah, when they become an adult. So that's the way I see you breaking the curse. Like, let them feel it now. Mm -hmm. Like, if you got a kid right now and you giving them $50 a month, get a debit card and put the $50 on the debit card. Mm -hmm. And when they go try to buy that mocha troll card, they went for $65 and they need $15 <laughs> to get it, they don't get declined. <laughs> and they ain't going to be able to get it. I can see my son 15 at lunch trying to buy a girl some cookies or something. That joint get declined. She like, he bro. Yeah, because, exactly. But, but think about it. But think about it. But think about you being called broke at like, 10, 11 years old. <laughs> right, like, imagine right. your, your, your willpower going to be by the time you're 18. You ain't yeah. never going to be broke. 100%. So, if you was to see your child right now save $25 out of that $50 and roll over to the next month, you know your plan is working. Yeah. That's good. Yo, clap it up, y'all. This is good. Today, <laughs> man, this is uh, definitely uh, uh, one of my favorite interviews all year, and I've done a lot of interviews. Hey, man, I told you we was going to break history. 100%. Yeah, this, this one's going to go. I need to know your five year what you see for yourself and i know it's kind of a tough question but i want to know what you see yourself accomplishing in the next five years and the only reason i'm asking you is because i want to watch this interview five years from today and be able to say yo derek said that five years ago he was going to do that and it happened well of course my hundred locations but i plan on having more than that but i'm gonna start at the hundred locations and i'm be putting out books yeah um I got a book coming. I've been working on. Um, I give you the name off awesome. offline. Off okay, but, uh, I got you. I got you. This book is going to be about um, the woman who had a kid, who had a dream, and no longer can pursue that dream because she got to take care of this child, mm -hmm. and the father might not be there. So, her dream of being what she was supposed to be for the last ten years or fifteen years got sidetracked. It's time to get back in that dream. What a relatable story. Um, yeah. And, or, or the guy who got incarcerated at an early age who was intelligent, was in the wrong car, didn't know that the car had a brick of cocaine in there, and he got sentenced to 15 years in jail, yeah. but was supposed to be a basketball star. This is, story, this is the book for those people to get back to their life to say life ain't over. Because guess what? In 2008, they told me mine was over. And I'm looking at you right now, saying, talking to you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, until it's over, it ain't over. Yeah. Until you ain't got no more breath in your body, it ain't over, and that's what this book is going to be about. And I feel like this book is needed because it's easy for somebody at the top to tell you what's needed. But when you got somebody that look like you and been through the things that you've been through, you'll listen to them differently because they know your pain. They know what it's like to not have a resource or the, or the principles of life to even be told to them. Or even you uh, going out to take a limb for a phone call and somebody saying, oh, that person can't talk to you right now. All of these things we all been through together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But those people at the top, they already surpassed all those things. So I'm trying to catch myself right now before that happens so that I can let you know that it ain't over. Man, this was so good, man. I appreciate you coming by. Like nah, I am man, inspired. I really want to get to work. <laughs> now I need to, I got to have like more locations of this joint. Nah, man. You know next, I mean? Hey, listen, let's do this again next year, man. You know, we talk Absolutely. about, couple, you know, about 40, 40 deals I didn't sign by then. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can tell me about the, the spirit deal. Yeah, I, I could I dig in more into the gotcha. spirit deal and all of that. But um, I definitely appreciate you for nah, everything. Thanks for being here, man. So look, man, let everybody know how they can tap, tap in with you. And you've been doing it all day, but close us out with a word of wisdom. Hey, um, well, y'all can find me on uh, the business page, uh, Big Dave Cheesesteaks, my personal page, Official D. Hayes. Um, listen, I tell anybody 
that's going to watch this podcast that it ain't over. Like, just run your race. Stay in your lane. They got two yellow lines that you get a ticket if you cross it for a reason. <laughs> Stay in your lane, and you're going to get to where you're going. You want to get the ticket, but you want to get the ticket the right way. You don't want a ticket for doing getting in somebody else's lane. That's what I would tell people. That's Stay right. in your lane. Man, listen, we can't close it out no better than that. Do yourself a favor, man. Follow Big Dave's Cheesesteak on Instagram. Make sure you follow Official D. Hayes on Instagram. Make sure you make, go check, go get you a cheesesteak. Yeah, go you get a get real cheesesteak. What's the, um, it's the, uh, uh, the chicken jaw, but it's a, it's a, it's a, oh egg, man, you've been around, hey listen, you gotta get the egg roll, you gotta hey, get the, yes, for you've sure. You've been around some Philly guys, man, you saying John. Yeah, I'm from, I'm, oh, oh, Neo, you've been Warren, around Neo. No, 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 I'm from one, bro, oh, bro. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, across see, the bridge, you know, I thought, I thought Neo might have gave you the John. Oh, no, 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 don't do me like, I'm, I'm from the town. <laughs> but, um, yes, make sure you go, now what's the special, is it Dave's special? It's the Dave's way, so the Dave's way is the sandwich I named after my father, they got onions, mushroom, three cheese. People that don't eat cheese a lot, uh, vegetables, they all eat the sandwich. What I tell you is, I'm going to tell you the blessing of this whole thing. Every item that I put on the menu is a hit, but the items I wanted to make personal is the super hit. That's the egg rolls, that's the Dave's Way cheesesteak, and now that's my mother's banana pudding. Ooh, <laughs> I don't think I had to bet it. I'm going you to gotta get, go get the banana, banana pudding. Absolutely. Look, man, we cannot close it out no better than that, man. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you follow all the stuff he's doing. Pure inspiration, okay, coming from the mud. And I think it even means more now because I know the story. You know what I mean? I think the story allows us to be uh, relatable. And it, it it's inspiration and motivation. Like, bro, I wasn't disabled for six years. I, I didn't I didn't come from what you came from. So now I know if you can do it, I can do it too. Okay. So make sure y'all tap in and also go get you some social proof, meaning go build something, build it really, really big, but document the process because it is your responsibility to come back to your community to teach them how you did it. It's the only way our community grows. All right. Like, subscribe, follow. We out. <laughs>